Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast, actionable information for industry leaders. I'm Tony Uphoff. It's clear that gender, racial, and even age diversity are often limited in industry. Of the more than 15 million people currently employed in manufacturing roles, only 29% are women, 16.8% are Hispanic or Latino, and 12.3% are Black, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. So what can business leaders do to make progress towards improving diversity across the sector? To equip business leaders with the actionable next steps they need to diversify their teams, I'm joined today by Mary Person who is the Director of Governmental Relations and External Affairs for FH Passion. Before joining the FH Passion team, Mary was the Director of Diversity Programs for the Chicago Transit Authority and also served on the Senate Diversity Task Force Minority and Women-Owned Business Enterprises. In the construction industry, a sector where only 10.3% of the more than 11 million employees are women and only 6.4% of employees are Black, Mary has led her company to become a more diverse, successful business through recruiting, outreach, and employee engagement. In today's episode, we'll discuss how to find, recruit, retain, and engage top talent in your own industrial business. And Mary will share what you can do today to improve diversity across your company. While conversation actually took place back in April, Mary's advice for industrial leaders has grown increasingly actionable now at a time where leaders are looking for ways to better connect with employees and acknowledge the work still to be done across the industry. As we analyze the manufacturing, construction, and industrial markets, and as you and I talked before we went on air, we sometimes interchange those because there's a lot of commonality in and amongst the types of you know uh, skill sets required and information that uh, that they need to do their jobs. One of the big things that we're seeing change in those markets is implicit in what you're talking about, which is really the challenge around culture. And oftentimes construction companies, manufacturing companies, if I go back a few years ago, they probably weren't using the term culture. Boy, are they using it today. And they're using yeah. it today for, for a couple of reasons, right? They're using it today because there's a skills shortage. We've got a lot of jobs that are getting created in manufacturing and construction that are going wanting for skilled workers. But also they're finding that people oftentimes aren't loyal because the company doesn't feel loyal to them. Talk a little bit more about not only your current environment, but how you see this idea of culture playing out in the industry. And is it changing? Are we making progress? Oh, I definitely believe we're making progress. I do believe there's room for more, but I believe that companies are realizing that developing a culture of inclusivity and developing a culture that embraces everyone's differences is key to longevity within their own company. And it's key to be able to bring on top talent and retain your top talent. So yes, I do believe that things are changing for the better, slowly, but it's changing. Yeah. And and where are companies looking for talent these days? Has that changed at all? Is, you know, the, the classic ways that we identify talent, either through apprenticeship programs or academic programs or other companies, is that changing at all? Definitely. So our job, if I take what we do at Passion, our job is to fit it, build it, and bill it. So the trades are very important to us. Having a great estimating team is important to us. Having a great project management team. So 
having those A players are key to our success in, in order for us to win jobs and to stay competitive. And so, you know, we actually put together programs that help develop our own pipeline. So we have something called the Passion Scholars in which we help develop high school students, engage them more into the STEM program. We realize that, you know, women are not as engaged in STEM as they should be. And so we have developed programs that help engage young women and men within Chicago into the, into the STEM arena. Um, but we also do things like we partner with workforce groups like Chicago Women in Trades and Revolution Workshop, which their focus is to help men and women get on the path to a career in construction. They help mold them. They help break down the barriers for them. And we partner with them to help develop our pipeline for better trade workers and better estimators and better, better project managers. Yeah, I think, Mary, one observation I would make, and I think you say it so beautifully, is we look at industries like construction, the manufacturing industry. There, there's a tremendous series of misperceptions about these industries, and oftentimes people have a very dated view. I, I always mm-hmm. conjure up the black and white imagery of you know, 1940s photography. <laughs> And, and people think of, you know, these old factories or these old construction sites, and you're, you're using very modern terminology. And I think we often note that one of the things that we believe holds the industries back a little bit is kind of this, this misperception. Do you feel there's still a misperception in construction about opportunities for, you know, people from different backgrounds? Oh, I do. I do. I do. I believe people feel like um, women don't always see a construction career as a career for them, but it's actually a great career. It gives you flexibility. You you start early, you get off work early some night. You know, it gives you a, a very long lasting career that has great wages and great benefits in it. So I do believe that um, some people don't realize how great a construction career could be for them and their family. Yeah. And boy, you know, here, here, I say that without hesitation. And, you know, we, we have been on a mission at Thomas to update the perceptions of construction and manufacturing and particularly in North America, but around the globe, because people kind of think of these sometimes as, is this a blue collar job or a white collar job? And we use the term Mary new collar jobs. These are completely different and it's time that we understand them for, for what they are. Mary, you talked a little bit about where to recruit and, and, and how to, to bring in you know, uh, diverse talent in, into these types of industries today. What are you hearing from folks that you recruit? Are you hearing different things? Are you hearing, you know, we, we talk about the multi-generation of today's workforce with so many millennial managers now in the workforce. Are they asking for different things? Are they, are they requiring different things? Are you seeing much of a change there? Well, yes, you know, the new, the newer generation, I'll call it, although I like to think I am part of the newer generation, (laughs) the newer generation. (laughs) Myself included. Yeah. Yes. Like we, you know, we, we slash they are looking for always ways to develop themselves and professional development. If you don't create a culture that embodies professional development, you won't be able to retain your younger uh, generation of staff. And so they're always looking for, you know, how are you investing into them so that way they can invest into you. Another thing that I think is is key that what helps us retain our younger generation is doing employee 
engagement type activity. So having a strong HR team is important for any successful company because having an employee engagement strategy keeps your talent invested in the company. So at Passion, for instance, we have like internship picnics in which the interns come and they highlight the things they've done, but all of our employees are invited to this event. It's not just for certain people. Everybody comes out and celebrates the wins for our interns. We have safety picnics in which we talk about, you know, how to stay safe, how we remain safe. And then everybody comes out and we fellowship and, and have lunch together and, and do safety type activities. We have pie day and sounds nerdy as it is, you know, I now enjoy 3.14 because I get pie that day. And so <laughs> it's just random activities that we, you know, we have random days where it's like, you know what, we'll have lunch for everybody to come out or we'll take, you know, people out in the in the field on the site out for lunch because we just want to show them that we really appreciate what they do and we understand that without them we would not be successful. Yeah, I, I love hearing that. You know, it's fascinating, Mary. Oftentimes when we talk to executives at companies, they, they're very fluent around recruiting. So what are you doing mm -hmm. to recruit for skill shortage or talent? Less fluent when you start to ask them about retention. Even less fluent after that when you start to ask them about development. And we're believers, those three things have to fit together. I thought you just said that beautifully. And it, it's impressive that you and, and your company are really thinking those three components together because they are really what creates that, for lack of a better term, that employee experience. And I think creates that sense of belonging and sense of community for a lot of, uh, a lot of companies. Yes. And, you know, as a company, we also have to understand that it's going to change within every market you're in. You know, we have a market in Atlanta. We have a market in D.C. So it's different on how our recruitment strategies are in those different areas because, it, you know, the culture is different. So we have to develop strategies. Any company that's going to be a national company has to develop strategies that work nationwide. Otherwise, you won't be able to recruit top talent from Atlanta, because you'll be using a, a Chicago strategy or a DC strategy, you know, in Atlanta, that doesn't work. You have to develop strategies for each of your markets. Hey, that's really fascinating, Mary. I didn't think of that, of a, of a regional uh, approach. Can you talk just a little bit more, just maybe a couple of examples of what, could, you know, could be kind of regional cultural differences there? Sure. So um, in Atlanta, um, where you know, it's not as much of a focus on unions and things like that. We we go to the colleges and we focus on and recruiting project managers and our different field service people from our colleges nearby to help bring in those younger generations to develop our pipeline. The same thing in D.C. We go throughout the East Coast area to recruit people for our D.C. area, whereas in Chicago, you know, we're we're heavy into the unions. And so our recruitment is focused on helping individuals understand how to get into the trades, what skills you need to develop while you're in high school, you know, what vocations you need to develop while you're in high school. So that way you can develop a career in construction in the trade. So it's our strategies are really based upon our markets. And I mean, some of them overlap, but we do have to think outside the box for each of our different offices. Yeah, that is absolutely fascinating. You know, one of the things that, that we can see starting to happen as construction and industrial markets, manufacturing markets become a bit more diverse and by diverse, certainly race, gender, but also age. And, you know, I mentioned before, multi-generational workforces. We're seeing this is having an impact on these different experiences coming together and changing cultures 
What advice would you give for business leaders as this process starts for them, to, you know, in their own companies for engaging team members and really developing a strong culture? Because, you know, it, it, the positivity of different backgrounds and experiences is huge. There can also be a little challenge in the beginning, though, as new types of teams come together. What, did, what advice would you have for companies that are maybe a little earlier on the curve than, than you and your company are? I can use a quote that my uncle used to say. He said, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all in your getting, get an understanding. And so when he said it, I never understood what that meant until I actually started working. You have to get an understanding. Communication is the key. And your communication has to remain fluid in order to be able to unite the differences of people. And so you have to promote a culture of learning and empowering your employees to think outside of the box. Because, you know, when you have different differences and everyone wants to think one certain way, you have to develop a culture that people are allow themselves to think outside the box. People use the word change management also. Change management is, is, is critical because you have to engage all your employees to be able to drive them to that one same goal. In our case is bid it, build it, bill it, right? And so we encourage our our younger generation, our more seasoned generation, we, the minority differences, the women and men, we encourage them all to think outside of the box and figure out how we can best bid it, build it, and bill it. I love that. Hey, I've just got a few more questions, Mary. And again, I, this has been a fabulous conversation, and I do hope you'll come back and share your insights with our listeners in the future. If you were to provide just two quick things business leaders can do today to improve diversity across their companies. What are the two quick things of advice that you would give them? Just two? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. The first thing I, I would say is you have to be able to be vulnerable. And that means you, you can't be afraid to look at your numbers. And when you look at them, be okay with saying they're not where you want them to be. And you're accepting and you're driving towards changing them. Um, a lot of companies, I feel like they're afraid to look at their women and, and diversity numbers, and they don't want to look at it because they're afraid to be able to accept to say, man, we need to do better. But it's okay. Just acknowledge it and keep it moving and, 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 and drive those numbers higher. My second one would be to remember that diversity isn't just about race. A lot of times people only consider the things that I do about helping you know, the black and brown culture get into construction when it's not just about that. It's about helping and empowering women and, and, and helping bring together two different generational gaps and, and, and make that gap smaller. But it is also about making sure that we create equality in our workforce. But the key is, is diversity is not just race. It's, it's a lot of other different factors. Super actionable insights there, Mary. All right. Last two questions before I let you go here. We ask these of all of our guests. First one was, what's one thing you wish more people understood about the construction industry? <laughs> so someone in the construction industry taught me this, and, and I now understand what it means. Everyone likes to eat the sausage and, and watch it grill on the grill, but not everyone wants to talk about how that sausage is made. <laughs> I have not heard that one. I love that. I love that. I'm going to remember that one. And then, all right. So if you could put one sentence on a billboard that best expresses your personal philosophy, Mary, what would it say? It would say, 
keep your friends close and your enemies closer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I am a Godfather fan though. (laughs) Um, My, let's see, it would say always be authentic, always be ethical and always be grateful. To learn more about Mary, her work at FH Passion, and how to diversify your industrial business, please check out the links provided in the show notes of today's podcast. The Thomas Industry Update podcast is hosted by Tony Uphoff and produced by Michaela Tierney. If you'd like to share your feedback about this or any other episode, please email us at podcast at thomasnet.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or recommend us to a colleague. Your feedback helps us continue to advocate for industry across the airwaves. Want to get more insights on supply chain, IoT, industrial business, and more? Sign up for our Thomas Industry Update daily newsletter. With more than 300,000 subscribers, your inbox will be in good company. Subscribe now for free at thomasnet.com updates.